All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, a fabulous Friday afternoon. Welcome to the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440. Coming to you live on Oilers Nation YouTube, where the Edmonton Oilers, oh mama, things aren't good for the Edmonton Oilers. Nor uh, nor myself, but uh, we'll get to that in a second. The uh, Edmonton Oilers lose their fourth consecutive game to the uh, 32nd place San Jose Sharks. Sharks score three goals for only the second time all season. The uh, Oilers score two again. Uh, their power play had two chances in the first 11 minutes of the game. Nothing. They uh, had a power play in the final two and a half minutes. Couldn't capitalize. Yeah, they outshot um, the Sharks 41-18. But again, it's a situation you've got some guys struggling offensively. And when you have that happen, you cannot make an egregious decision that leads to odd man rush. You just can't do it. You cannot do it. And until the Edmonton owners, players collectively decide that that's not acceptable anymore, they're not going to win. It's that simple. It is the Gregor Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca, Alberta's only regulated online gambling website where 100% of the revenue stays right here in the province. Go to PlayAlberta.ca. And uh, the text line, I know it's going to be humming, 833-401-1440, our Jiffy Lube inbox. So, you know what, like, you can come out and rant and rave, and trust me, I've done a lot of it over the years. Here's the thing about the orders. That I know a lot of people, you're frustrated right now. And I think as a fan, you have every right to be. You care about your team. You want your team to do well. And uh, they're not playing up to their standards. There is, uh, there's no doubt in my mind, they're not playing up to their standards, right? Firing Jay Woodcroft today, what would that do? Now, it would appease some people's emotional frustration. But it's not going to solve the problem. 
Now, that doesn't excuse Jay Woodcroft. I want to make that abundantly clear. Jay Woodcroft, the one error that he has made that's clear to me, in my opinion, this season has been he will not hold his top six and top four, top six forwards, top four defensemen accountable. Ryan Husk is a rookie head coach in the NHL. Jonathan Huberdeau, $9.5 million player, was benched for a third period because he just wasn't playing well. Now, it wasn't because of one game. It was collective. Overtime, overtime, it's like a last resort for a coach. But lots have done it. John Cooper's benched Stamkos and Kucherov, for goodness sakes. These guys won a Stanley Cup and he did it. But not in Edmonton. When you have a team that continues to repeat the same issues, right? On Monday, it was Evan Bouchard. Last night, in the first two periods, Darnell Nurse was the order's best player. He scored the goal. He was all over the ice. He was playing well defensively. He was great. And then, in the first, and that one's, it's tough. He has the puck and a stick on the offensive blue line. The orders have complete possession. Ryan McLeod's wide open in the corner. Now, he's not in a dangerous place. All Nurse has to do there is just dump the puck down to to McLeod. But he tries to make a play. And I know part of it's like, well, geez, I don't want to punish guys for making play. But that's not the time to try to make that play. What the hell are you doing trying to spin off of Carpenter? You are at the blue line. Everybody knows at that point. There's not many people behind you. Just dump it down to McLeod. The orders keep the puck in the offensive zone. They keep the pressure on. Now maybe the, the San Jose guys pinch down on McLeod. He gives it back to Nurse. Maybe get a shot on that. Who knows what happens? I don't know. But I know what happened when he didn't keep it in. They go down and score an odd man rush. It's 3-1. to one. And that's the back-breaking goal. It was 3-2 in Vancouver. There was 30 minutes left. Bouchard can't make a play. He can't do that play. And Darnell Nurse, the exact same thing. Darnell Nurse just took 40 minutes where he was the best player and threw it on the fire. Just like, ah, wasted it. And it happens far too often. And it's different players all the time. It's not just a third pair defenseman. It's not just their bottom six forwards. It's everyone. Matthias Ekholm outlined this problem at the start of the season. What did Matthias Ekholm said? Hey, we have to get comfortable playing tight games. We have to get comfortable knowing that we don't have to win the game or tie the game on this shift on this play. And then you see Bouchard and Nurse go against that, and it costs you. And guess what? If it was one time, you live with it. If it happens even once every 10 games, you live with it. But this is every game. Look at the Dallas game. I shouldn't say every game because they didn't do it against Calgary. Look at the Dallas game. Look at the Ranger game. Okay? This is an ongoing issue. And the head coach, your job is to try to make the players understand it's not acceptable. But right now, he's allowing it to continue because he refuses to ever sit anybody down. It's like, oh, just don't want any conflict. Well, you know, we hold the guys accountable. How? Where? Ice time is what your ability is to hold them accountable. You don't find them. Can't do that. So how are you holding them accountable? So to me, that's on Jay Woodcroft. But guess what? The majority of this problem is on the players. Because these same issues happen under Tom McClellan. They've happened under Dave Tippett. And they're happening under Jay Woodcroft. 
Now, unless you think you're going to have some whisper coach who comes in here, oh, now I see what you mean, coach. Oh, we're not supposed to make that play. Okay, got it. Now I won't do it. It's not going to happen. The players themselves have to hold each other accountable. It's just that simple. And right now they're not because it keeps happening. If it, like I said, if it was infrequent, you'd live with it. Because even the best teams, guys will make an, an error every now and then. But it's it's not that it happens once. It's happened continually. And the message is not being received. Number one, I don't think the coaches come down hard enough on players. But most importantly, the players themselves have not held each other to a standard. They haven't. Okay. And until that changes, especially right now, where the owners can't score. In their last nine games, Nugent Hopkins, no goals, five on five. Connor McDavid, no goals, five on five. Leon Dreisaitl, one goal, five on five. What do they get paid for? They get paid to score. Right? Their power play last night. It's not always, like, if you go one for four, you're 25% in the game. It's pretty good. But when you have two power plays in the first 11 minutes of the game, there's a chance to get up on a team that doesn't score a lot of goals. And they didn't really come close to chances. Then they battle back. They they get an extra attacker on. Nugent Hopkins scores, and it's 3-2. to two. And then they draw a penalty. And now you have a two-minute man advantage. And they even pull the goalie for the second half of it. It's a six-on-four. They had two shots on net, one from long range in Bouchard and one from a sharp angle in dry subtle. That's it. Are you kidding me? So there is no player here, Dreisaitl. Now, he wants to be snarky to the press, and I know some fans are like, ha-ha, yeah, look, he's snarky. Give me a break. Grow the hell up and learn how to handle a diff. And that wasn't even a difficult question from Nugent Bowman. It wasn't even that hard. Like, you know what? Maybe show some snark on the ice. Like, give me a break with the spoiled little brat attitude. I'm done with it. I am tired of this. for the Because trust me, it's been around for a long time. Right? Now, that's, a, that's just a sidebar issue. But the bigger concern for the Edmonton owners is their unwillingness as a team to commit to making the right play at key times in game more often than not. It's a two-to-one game. You've severely outshot them. You have complete control of the puck at the left point. You have a wide-open guy in the corner. Just dump it down. The play keeps going. Who knows what happens? Live to fight another day. No, you try a fancy play that did, was not needed. Just like when Bouchard's pinch on Monday. he can't, He's not pinching there. He can't get the guy. He just put himself out of position for an easy odd man rush, and then he didn't back check. Right? It's Nurse and Bouchard this week, but it's been dry subtle. Nugent Hopkins, Hyman, Kane, go down the list. Who hasn't done it? Anybody? That's the problem. It's a group, so they're going to win as a group. But the, right now, they're going to lose as a group because they refuse collectively to want to hold each other to a standard of winning. Right now, they don't have a standard of winning. Their standard is losing. Because you are what your record says you are. I don't care how often you outshoot the opposition. Doesn't matter. Especially if you're not generating lots of second, third opportunities. Getting a lot of outside shots, that's wonderful. Shoot right in the guy's pillows all the time. Well, that's great. It's a shot. It's not overly difficult to save. But 
When you look at this play right now, and I know we get all these text guys, the power play makes or breaks the team. KM, no, it doesn't. Have you not been watching? The order's power play was 40% in the playoffs. Don't say it makes or breaks them. It didn't break them. They scored a lot. They can't learn how to limit goals against. That's the issue. Okay, that's the issue. Until they do it, they're not winning. It's that simple. They couldn't win in the playoffs, and this season right now, hey, I get the guys, hey, even the best players will lose their confidence. It happens. That sucks, but that's reality. We've seen it. But guess what? you got to work your way out of it. You need to work your way out of it. You can't pout. You can't have bad body language. That's a bad leader. You can't do it. So suck it up. Work smarter. Work smarter. I don't even think it's about a working hard thing. It's working smarter. And this team refuses to do it. So the players hold each other accountable. And the head coach, grab a set and feel free to send a message to a player. I'm not, and I'm not talking benching guys for two or three games. That's unrealistic. I'm not going to bench Evan Bouchard for two games. That'd be stupid. But if I benched him for the last eight minutes of the second period to send a message to try to get his attention, and it's never just Evan Bouchard, make no mistake. It's like when a guy pulls a goalie. It's not just the goalie's fault. Sometimes, sure, but there's other games where you're just getting spanked and it's a mercy pull. But at some point, you have to have the courage as a head coach. And especially if I'm Jay Woodcroft now, guess what? If I don't do it and they keep losing, you're done. Right? Like his his future in Edmonton is on the line right now. So he has to get out of his comfort zone, be comfortable being uncomfortable. Might have to sit Leon Dry settle down for eight minutes of a period. Maybe nurse, maybe CeCe. I don't care who it is. And you can't start the next game by doing it. The opportunity's passed. It has to be in the moment so the player truly understands that's the standard. I just didn't meet it. It doesn't mean he's in the doghouse forever. Not at all. Many players have been benched. Many this year have been benched. They come back, they play fine. But you know, calling for the coach to get fired, I know it's it's fun and people last night, oh, they're done and, you know, People are trying to say, oh, look, they're minorating the coach. That I watched that clip a thousand times. I still don't know even remotely close if that's what Jay Woodcroft said. I'd be surprised. But you never know. But the Oilers as a group need to wake up. And, and the crazy thing is, on Positive Friday, it's not even that unrealistic. Here's why. So last year, the Oilers, in their final 62 games of the season... 140 of them lost 13 and had nine overtime losses. They got 89 points. That was on their way to 109 points because they had 20 points in the first 20 games, 10 and 10. The orders this season have 70 games remaining now. If they go 40, 20 and 10, so win 40 of 70. Last year they won 40 of 62. So it's a much lower winning percentage. It's a lower points percentage. Now, that's not going to get them to 109. It just gets them to 95. And you just got to get in the dance, and then anything can happen. But until, and guess what? There's no easy fix. Because you know what? As you all know in life, how many of you out there right now have have gone on a diet at one point in your life? Oh, yeah, you know, okay, we're going to eat healthy. Lots of us try it. 
And then you know, wow, we're just going to have one cheat day or one cheat meal. And then it turns into two and then it turns into three. And guess what? Now you're done. It's hard to make the right decision. It's easy to make the wrong, like to take the easy route out. You know what? I'm not going to work out today. That's easy to say rather than, damn, I'm going to work out. It's harder, right? You worked out for four days. You know you're supposed to work out a fifth or whatever it is. Once you start saying no a few times, then eventually you say no lots. That's how it is. It's easy. To, anybody can quit. Trust me. That's the easiest thing to do. That's what I tell my kids all the time in hockey. Guess what, guys? Anybody can quit when we're doing endurance skate. That's not hard at all. What's hard is to push yourself through and continue it, even when you're uncomfortable. And so the Edmonton Order organization, the easy choice, fire the head coach. Right? Fire the head coach. Yeah, we'll bring in Gerard Gallant. You know, we'll bring in Bruce Boudreaux. Pick a name. And suddenly he's magically going to have this magician wand and going to cure all the woes of the Orders. It's not happening. Okay? Jay Woodcroft came in. The Orders had some success. No question. But the underlying issues were there early on last year. They kind of covered them up for a bit, and then they re-exposed themselves in the playoffs. Now, some of that could be immaturity, right? Learning how to win is knowing how to do it. But Matthias Ekholm outlined it at the start of the year as clear as day. And guess what? Here we are, 12 games into the season, and the Edmonton Orders are doing the exact same things that he said they shouldn't be doing. And there's been no accountability. So that's got to start with the players and the head coach. It's that simple. If the head coach doesn't do it, now he's, trust me, I get how sports works. Orders lose again in Seattle. You come home from a road trip. You know what? Plane lands uh, after the game early morning on Sunday. Guess what? You have a meeting. Coach is announced, fired the next day. This happens all the time. Again, easiest of the decisions. You know what the hard decision would be? For Jeff Jackson or Ken Allen to stand up in front of the meeting and say, you know what? This team is good enough. They got to play better. Simple. And some people, well, no, you can't say that. Ken Holland signed a guy I didn't like. I don't like his contract. That has nothing to do with it. The San Jose Sharks, look at the talent level of that team. You just lost to them. Do you think they have more talent than the Edmonton Orders? No, they had more will. They didn't gift any goals to the Orders. Sure, their goalie played well. That's nice. But they didn't gift any goals. How many odd man rushes the Orders have last night? And the Sharks are a much less talented team. Stop giving me the garbage of never, ever expecting your best players to raise a level of execution on your team. And as good as they've been offensively, no one ever questions it. Okay? And I don't mind if you're going to cheat every now and then. But you've got to know at certain times in the game, this is a play you do not make. End of discussion. End of discussion. It's a 3-2 game. We're on the road. We don't make a bad pinch. It's a 2-1 game. We're on the road. We're dominating. We don't try to make a selfish play at the blue line. Leads to a turnover. And now it's 3-1. And guess what? The orders lose by a goal. Costing the game. Yeah, the game in control. Nurse had been their best player in the game up until that point. That stuff has to be unacceptable. So please, I'm not buying any of this fire the coach garbage. You can fire the coach all you want. Yeah, you'll get a coach bump, and then what happens? Back to reality. So if the orders want the reality to change, they need to change it. It's that simple. It's not easy. And it's not like snap your fingers and voila, it's going to happen in the next game. But they can talk till they're blue in the face. Actions speak louder than words. And 
I don't see any action on holding others accountable because the players still keep doing it. I don't hear it from the coach. So to me, it doesn't matter what they say. Until they start showing it, then they're going to keep losing. The minute they want to commit to it consistently, they won't win every game, but they'll start to win more games. 833-401-1440. Got a lot of text to get to uh, coming up on the show. Craig Button will uh, join us in more. It's a Gregor Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. 224 Sports 1440. Hey, Gregor, are you fired up just because you're growing your hair? Uh, well, I'll admit that is not ideal. I would agree, Dan. That was not a position I expected to be myself in. But you know what? Unlike the Edmonton Oilers, I won't take the easy way out. I'll do it. No problem. But no, that has nothing to do with it. Uh, it's a sidebar that I'm not happy about. I'm not going to pretend to sugarcoat it. Be like, ha, ah, this will be fun. No, it's going to suck. Right? I'm not excited about it. But I will say this. The Edmonton Order issues that I talked about in the opening segment have been around much longer than the, my decision to have to grow my hair out. You've seen them gift goals, make ill-advised pinches, try dangerous passes constantly. Matthias Ekholm even outlined it in numerous interviews at the start of the season. It's basically hollow words because his teammates don't respect him enough to do it. It's that simple. It is that simple. You can talk all you want. Oh, they care. I'm not saying they don't care. But you know what? They don't care enough to play smart hockey. That's a fact. That's not an opinion. You're watching the same games as I am. If you think those are smart decisions, please tell me why. Because they're not. It's that simple. Right? Give me a break on the fire and the coach. Now, doesn't mean the coach isn't uh, out there to be criticized because he is. Because his unwillingness to show any sort of standard to his team to say, you know what, that's unacceptable. Sorry, take a seat in the bench. And like I said, I'm not talking games. I'm talking a half a period. Wherever it happened, that's when you do it. You do it in the moment because it's being built up. Because trust me, that wasn't the first time. Right? No, no coach worth his, his name benches a guy after one mistake. Right? That's a terrible coach. It's something you've talked about, and then you've talked about again. And usually it's like after the third time where it's like, well, guess what? Like Jonathan Huberto. That wasn't the first time Huska has talked about, God, we need more from you, man. we got to get you going. And to Huberto's credit, he admitted it. Right? He admitted it. So be honest. Look in the mirror. Admit you're not playing well. Don't pout about it. And the coach... You can't be scared because the minute you don't hold your players accountable, now you've lost the room. And he's on the brink of that. He's he, Look where they are. They're 2-9-1. and one, So automatically he's on the hot seat. But he gets on the hot seat anymore because his unwillingness to hold his players accountable. Let's go around the NHL now. Brought to you by McDonald's. Where uh, stop in right now at uh, McDonald's and there's uh, lots of, hey, you want to combine a McMuffin and coffee for only four bucks? You can right now at McDonald's. is a uh, Craig Button from uh, TSN. Join us. Bots, you're a GM. Um, give me your thoughts. So if you see a coach, like I, I don't know how the inner workings are, but when I see a coach and you might hold guys accountable in video room, but that's different. At the end of the day, your biggest ability to hold guys accountable is ice time. Doesn't matter who it is. You take away their love, then it probably gets their attention the most. You can talk in film work till you're blue in the face. It's different when all of a sudden you're missing some ice time. So if you have a coach who's not doing that, 
does the GM have to say something? How does that work? Yeah, well, let me just say, uh, I'll get into that in a second, but just listening to what you just said, all I can tell you is, is I applaud everything you just said prior to me coming on. Uh, accountability. And so, so, so I'm going to talk about, like, I'll, I'll get to Jay in a second. As a manager, coach, you're talking all the time. You're in constant communication with your coach. You're going, okay, what are we going to do? What's your solution? You know, you have that back and forth. Okay, what to, what ideas? And and you try to look at different things as a solution, and you, you consider them, okay, is that possible? Is that, is that not possible? But the one thing that a coach always has to do, he cannot talk the talk unless he's willing to walk the walk. And you have to be able to say, hey, listen, this is the way that we need to play. These are the standards that I have to make sure that I uphold. And to your point about sitting out a player or benching them, you know, there's also a, 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 a double-edged sword to that. The double-edged sword is the player sits there on the bench, and if, and if it adds up and there's more than one player, the other players start to go, get going here. I, I can't keep going out there with four defensemen. You're killing me. So get get playing. That's where the peer pressure from the teammates start to come in. Listen, I, I, I can't begin to tell you how disappointed I was in Jay Woodcroft uh, in, uh, in in Vancouver previous game, yeah. Uh, I mean, to me, he, he he bailed on his team. He bailed. He got thrown out. The team is playing guard. He got thrown out of the game. Like I would not be happy about that if I'm the manager. But the second thing, which is the most important thing, he said, "Well, I couldn't sit out uh, Evan Bouchard. Uh, we needed him to get back in the game." <laughs> what? He got you into the hole. Mm-hmm. He got you in. Now you're, now you're going to say, I can't sit him out because, you know, I might need I might need him to help us get out of the hole that he dug? Not happening. Jay's got a big problem here. Like, no. you, you're right. Some of the players are, are not performing very well. Same mistakes. Jay's not performing very well either. Yeah. And so, as, as a GM, Craig, would you sit down and say, so, Jay, help me understand why you're – like, Johnny Gaudreau – Big time free agent signing. He was benched by a rookie head coach, Jonathan Huberto. Big free agent signing. He was sat down to try to get attention from a rookie head coach, right? Like, like no offense, to Evan Bouchard. He's not Johnny Gaudreau or Jonathan Huberto, and and you still won't do it. So wh- why do you think that is? And and would you have the conversation first? Like, because you can fire the coach. Firing the coach, well, it's not an easy decision, but it's the easier one in hockey, right? Like they fire the coach all the time and think it's magically going to solve problems. They can bring in Bruce Boudreau. They can bring in Gerard Gallant. Craig, if the players aren't willing to hold themselves accountable even, I don't care who the coach is, not going to work. But would Ken Holland ask Woodcroft, like, how does those relationships go in your in your experience? You just nailed You go, help me understand. Please help me understand, Jay, why you wouldn't do this. And, you, again, you, you, you talk about coaches, the vast majority of coaches, when – when, when, when it comes to, let's just say to their expiry date, I'm just going to use that term right now. Yeah. It comes, it's not because of the X's and O's. It's not because of their systems play for the most part. It's because they've lost credibility with the group because they haven't been able to deal with the problems. Jay right now is not dealing with the problems. And that's what's going to do them in. It's not about the X's and O's. We can debate whether they should play this defensive system or they should play this way or do that, whatever you want to look at. But the coaches, the vast majority of them lose. When the expiry date comes, it's because they've lost credibility because they won't deal with the problems. 
they won't deal with the problems. And, and, and problems manifest themselves in a lot of different ways in how you deal with them. You, you, have, to, you have to confront them. And to me, Jay hasn't confronted it. No. Uh, you're Jeff Jackson. Like, I, I didn't think they'd fire Jay Woodcroft today. Um, I, I, you know, with every loss that the pressure mounts, I understand the, the uh, adage you can't fire the whole team. Craig, but I'll. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I also think it's the easy decision to fire the head coach. And I'm not saying that, that it might not be the right decision, but there's other decisions that need to be made here. What are Jackson and Holland? Like, what, what needs to occur in Edmonton in your eyes? So you're right. The easiest thing to do is, is to say, okay, we're going to need a coaching change. But the, the hardest thing, once you come to that uh, decision, who's going to replace them? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who's going to replace them? Like that, that's not, even, that, that, that is where you got to look at like, okay, how is this going to work? Who's the, who's the person that could come and do it? So, and, and, you know, maybe Jeff and, and Kenny have made a decision that they want to change the coach. Well, now you got to go through the process of talking to, to people and, and, and who is going to be the person. Right. And, and, you know, we saw, we saw when Dave Tippett was let go, you know, Dave Tippett and Jim Playfair were let go. <laughs> so, you know, you start to think, okay, if, if it's Jay, is it Jay and others? And and, and now you're, you you, you got to think about the whole kind of building up another coaching staff. But if I was, if I was sitting there talking to Jay, I, I would be very clear with Jay. And see, and this is the problem. Here's the problem that Jay's run into is that now when he goes and holds players accountable, is it really him? Yeah. See where the credibility is. Yeah. See where he's lost the credibility. Is it really him? I, I, I would say to him, I said, Jay, like, you know what? You better go down upholding your standards. If you're going to go down, go down, go down with your principles. Go down with what you believe in. That's what I tell him. Okay. So, uh, Craig Button 
joins us. Uh, John Klingberg uh, maybe has an injury, uh, maybe he doesn't, uh, who knows, but uh, he's not going to dress uh, for Toronto, Craig. Uh, they're in, in somewhat of a similar position, except their offense uh, has allowed them to win some games. Edmonton's offense, we'll get back to that in a sec, is not. Um, what, what do you make of... Uh, Toronto and you know we're in November usually there's not many trades made sometimes there is but it is more difficult for whatever reason to find a dance partner in November than it is in January and February right that's just around you've been there like you might want to make a trade as a GM all day long but you got to find a trading partner um how, how dire is it do you think on the blue line in Toronto well I mean it's dire I mean it's not anywhere near good enough so you know like first of all with McCabe, with Klingberg, with, with, with their full complement of players, they're, they're not good enough. They're not good enough to compete and, and, and have success against good teams. They're, they're, they're not. So Brad Trilling, he came into Toronto with the single most important mandate being has to find a way to have better playoff outcomes. So I, I think Brad can look at that blue line and say it's not good enough. I think he knows it, but that's what he's going to have to find a way to do. Trading partners are difficult, yes. Trying to find a way to improve it in a significant way, yeah, it's difficult. That's your job as a manager. You get compensated very well to identify problems and find solutions. But that blue line is like that blue line is terrible. It really is. And if you and and, and if anybody in watching that team thinks that you're going to contend against really good teams. With, with with that group of defensemen, you're completely delusional. I totally agree with you. So um, I, I'll be – to me, at some point, do you think they try to move one of their big guys or is that just a losing proposition because I just look at Vegas, right, and I look at Buffalo. Yeah, Buffalo traded Jack Eichel, and they got some good pieces back, Craig, but Vegas won the cup because they were a good team who got the best player in the trade. And so if you're Toronto, like I, Willie Nylander, I could argue has been their best forward this year, man. He's a competitive player. I like lots of things about his game. You trade him like, unless you're going to get a legit, really good D man, not just like a, you know, one defenseman and one forward, then you probably lose the trade. So what would you do if you were in, in Toronto? Would you trade some young guys yeah. away and say, you know what? Well, so I'm going to trade some young prospects to get good players rather than try to unload one of my better players. Okay, well, who who are the young players? Like Cowan, you know, like some young guys in the like draft picks down the road, future guys. Oh, oh okay, that's fine, right? So, okay, oh, and, and that, that's why I wanted to just be clear on it. Yeah. So, so who are those? So, so what are you going to get for Easton Cowan? Like, you're going to have to find a team that's in a rebuild mode. That's what you're going to have to do, right? So, a team that's interested in looking at at, at trading a young player and, and you were 12, 13, whatever games into the regular season. How many teams are prepared if not named San Jose to go and do that? <laughs> There's not very many teams that yeah. at this point in time, I think are ready to, to and, and who do you want from San Jose? No, gosh, no one. Well, well, I mean, I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying no, no, to I agree. You know, be down on San Jose, but like, again, it's a blue line. Okay. Like, it's a blue line that isn't anywhere near good enough. Like, and, you, you know, and, and you can, we can talk about Klingberg. Reeves, Bertuzzi, and Domi have been, have been really poor collectively, the four of them. That team isn't as good as last year's team that finished the season. They're not as good. And so Brad's in there to, to, to change playoff outcomes. <laughs> not doing it with that group. So I think he's got a big, massive challenge in front of him. 
Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, do you think Craig Conroy's ready to go and trade defensemen for young players? No, probably not. Yeah, no. Well, yeah, yeah. you're right. No, it's true. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's not a lot of, like, it's it's easy to say make a trade, but it's harder to make an impactful trade. That's the thing right there. Somebody that's to your team. And when you, when you look at and, and the Toronto Maple Leafs for years, they traded draft picks. They traded uh, – they, they don't have any young players. And the other thing that Kyle Dubas did, he drafted little guys. All he did was draft little guys. He drafted little guys that aren't going to help you when it matters. So, like, they, they can't look to their farm system and tap in anywhere. They got nowhere to go except trying to add players somewhere, hope for something, or make a big-time big trade. Craig Button from uh, TSN joins us. Uh, you know, Craig, there, there's obviously teams at the top. Uh, Vegas is, is going well. Vancouver uh, keeps winning. Um, you know, some people say, hey, they'll regress a little bit. Well, yeah, of course. Very few teams have an 808 uh, uh, points percentage all year long or 10-2-1, but you can't take away the points they've had. And they played quite well in some games. Um, they've got some elite players at forward defense and goaltending, which really helps. When you look at the Canucks, Obviously, we know that they've got to tighten it up, but what what do you see about their game in the neutral zone or defensively that you feel, okay, this is the area I want to focus on because if they do that, you know, like, like I still think they're going to make the playoffs. I don't see any reason why they wouldn't, but for them to maybe want to take the next step and be a playoff contender, what do you think they need? Yeah, and they're going to make the playoffs, and I'm going to have to pay off a bet to you. <laughs> I'll be happy. <laughs> Hey, uh, hey I'll, 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 love, I'll switch bets with you, Craig. I'll switch bets. I'll buy dinner, and you can uh, grow at the Costanza. You probably don't want that. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 yeah, the company will be good, so that's not a problem. But, you know, one of the things, I mean, Thatcher Demko is a really good goaltender. We know like, he's linked. He's, he's, but, you know, like I think for the Vancouver Canucks, you know, you, you have an opportunity at, like to correct some of their some of their flaws. They still give up what, what I think are some really good quality chances defensively. I know they're working harder, and but I think Rick Tockett really has to, 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 to limit them, to try to reduce them. Are, are you going to reduce it to any great extent where you're going to be confused with the New Jersey Devils? No. But I think that that's the area that they got to really work on in, with respect to making sure that they can tighten up a little bit. And again, they're in a stage where, you know, they've made the incremental improvements and, and, and the improvements have helped. But you still got to work on, on some of the It's your team. Really going to your goaltender to bail you out, I think. I think we lost Craig there, unfortunate. And I think Yeah, so I know. Well, uh, we'll get him. Uh, fortunately, I got to go to break anyway, so it's uh, it's unfortunate timing, but good timing at the same time with uh, Craig Button from uh, TSN. That was around the NHL. Brought to you by Mick Donalds. Uh, we'll return. We have uh, Cam Tate uh, joining us uh, later on. Uh, also in the uh, show, Lorianne Munzer. Uh, we'll go to uh, Seattle. The uh, Kraken uh, will be without Jordan Eberle. Had a scary incident in practice where he got sliced by a skate blade, a pretty deep cut, and uh, so he is out. And uh, you'll see Shane Wright in the lineup for the uh, Kraken tomorrow night. Uh, Speck will be by uh, uh, Wanye Gretz. Uh, we've got uh, the Friday edition of uh, Help Your Neighbor. 
and more. Lots of texts flying in, 833-401-1440. We'll get to those uh, and your phone calls, 833-401-1440. Next on the Jason Greger Show. Presented Our by car. Alberta.ca. 248, positive Friday. Sports 1440, live on Orders Nation YouTube. A text line, 833-401-1440. Same uh, phone line if you want to get your thoughts in uh, texts or uh, calls. We'll do that uh, right after we get to the uh, two-minute warning with uh, Cam Tate. Of course, Cam, a longtime uh, journalist in town, uh, has cerebral palsy uh, in a wheelchair. And a really smart guy, witty. Uh, at times, it's tough for him to uh, to communicate uh, orally. So uh, with the powers of technology today, Cam gets to uh, now share his thoughts on the radio in the two-minute warning. Here's Cam Tate. Thanks there, Big J Fast Eddie here. Today's topic in Euler Council. Talk to me now in Euler Council. Here we go. There are thousands of ideas floating around today after the San Jose Sharks gobbled the Oilers 5-2 last night. With respect, we submit the following thesis. Call me a sentimentalist and one who embraces the past, but with the Oilers in such peril and disarray. Let's ask the following questions. Do you think Stuart Skinner would learn a few things from Grant Furrer? Billy Ranford, Dwayne Rollison, on defense. Do you think perhaps the Oilers' embattled defensive outfit would pull up the chin straps if Paul Coffey, Kevin Lowe... Charlie Huddy, Lee Fogelin, Chris Pronger were on the ice running drills up front. McDavid and Dreisaitl having a few practices with Gretzky, Curry, Anderson, Messier, Smith, Waite, and others. And watching the practice, chomping his five-day unlit cigar, Glenn Sather, we know the Oilers love to bring the alumni back for celebrations and ask the boys how much they love coming back. You might need a few hours to listen to the stories, but they love coming back to celebrate, right? I bet they would come back in a second to help. And the Oilers need help. Not now, but right now. The names I've suggested are winners, Stanley Cup winners. They know and get this. They know how to win, which raises the most uncomfortable question. Have the Oilers bought into the misinformation? mindset that they are champions without getting to the Stanley Cup final, let alone win the damn thing. It's painfully obvious the Oilers' management and coaching staff cannot relay that important message. So why not bring in great players who created the Oilers' legacy and let them show how it's done two-minute warning with Camtat, Monday and Friday. Jason Greger Show, Sports 1440. Camtat, oof. Jimmy so fired up. It's not even saying the man's name right. Cam Tate, not Tat. But uh, I like it. Um Honestly, I it's an interesting idea. I wouldn't go for it. You know, the ghost of the past, it's the past. It's uh, it's decades ago. Um the uh, the players today Edmonton has shown at times they will play how they're supposed to play. The problem is they've shown an unwillingness to do it consistently. Now, it's hard. That's what separates the teams who win and the teams who don't. The, the amount of talent on the top competitive teams, it's not like the Vegas Golden Knights were blessed with an infinite amount of more talent than the other teams that they beat. They had a good team. Right, very talented team, but they weren't blessed across position to position. Way better, way better, way better, way more skilled. No, they do have good defense, but they played 
a consistent system. That's what they did, right? That was their, they played to their strengths and everybody played to it. Yes, they got contributions from lots, so that helps, no doubt in my mind. And now you look, now here's it, what's crazy about winning, it's addictive. And so play, everybody wants to win, but many people aren't committed enough to do what it takes to win. It's no different than lot, lots of people daydream. Oh, geez, I'd love to be an actor. Do you want to put in all the grinding hours away from the camera to be successful? It's hard. Right? And it's no, there's lots of people who are in the American League who have the talent to be NHL players, but don't have the consistency. They choose not to. Happens all the time. Doesn't matter. We've seen top picks. We've seen third rounders, fifth rounders, seventh rounders. It's hard. It's hard to find, especially in a physically competitive endeavor like sports. Right? It is. But think about what your job is right now. In most cases, the people who do the most work, who show up, who grind all the time and work smart, not just hard, they have success. Some The person who's willing to do what others aren't at times, that's what gets you for it. And a lot of the work for to being a pro athlete happens in the offseason. And, and it happens away from the ice. Sleeping properly. Committing to eating properly. Committing to a stretching routine. Committing to do whatever you have to stay healthy. That's a huge commitment. And it is hard, man. It's relentless. There's really no downtime. And then when you get on the ice, you've got to take that exact same mindset and you need to do it whatever. The co- if our system is this, I got to play it that way. Even if I'm an offensive-minded player and uh, we're going to play a passive forecheck, I'm not going to get the puck a lot, but guess what? We can win that way. If you want to win, you stay on the team. And if you don't, because you don't like how you play, eventually they get rid of you. That's just how it goes. That's not new, right? Lots of... Winners have talked openly about how, you know what? You had this guy on your team and he just didn't fit into the culture of your team. Some players are selfish. They aren't willing to play a certain way because, A, they've never done it. Maybe it's uncomfortable. They don't like change. There's a, a host of reasons. Host of reasons. So for the Edmonton Orders now, they need to look and find out and have a calm conversation. Like yelling and screaming, sometimes that's necessary. But you just have to calmly look at, go around the room and say, okay, this and, and be because whatever, if they've said they have a standard, they aren't living up to it because there's no chance what you have watched as a fan this year is the standard, right? None. There's no chance that's their standard. So they're playing below their standard. And as Craig Button said, maybe Jay Woodcroft isn't capable of being the hard ass guy who holds him to a higher standard. Maybe he isn't. I don't know. I know, Jay, I don't know him that well. I'm not in the room. I don't see what he says to the players when no one's around, right? So I don't know. I can only judge on what I see. And when I see players making the same mistake over and over, but there's no recourse for it, right? So to me, that's the only thing I can gauge it on. And so far, especially this season, we haven't seen that. And... That's that's one element that's missing. There's lots of elements that are missing. The players themselves need to do it. 
Hey, Gregor, are the players choosing not to, or do they lack the mental capacity to self-motivate from Walter? Well, I honestly, I don't believe you're in the NHL without being self-motivated. I think they put in the work to get to the NHL. Now, staying in the NHL and having success in the NHL are two very different things. But I think most NHL players who stick around long enough. Now, if you get up here, you know, you're playing 70, 80 games. Hey, now maybe sometimes you just don't have the skill to be a regular NHL player. And that you know what? That's the harsh truth, but it's true. Not everybody has the skill to be a, a regular NHL player. You might get in 10 games, 15 games, 20 games. Heck, you might play 200 games. But if you don't have the skill, and, and sometimes that skill might be, you know what? You, you get put in a spot where teams think you're only a penalty killer or you're only a bottom six forward. So now you have to adjust to it. Right? Like one of the great examples I use is Kyle Brodziak. Kyle Brodziak was a high scorer in junior. That's what he did. Now, his coach in junior told him, Kyle, and luckily he was honest, and luckily Kyle listened. But he said, Kyle, I don't think you have the offensive chops to be an offensive player in the NHL. If you want to play in the NHL, you're going to have to be a good two-way player. So he worked on it in, in junior a little bit. So that gave him a, a little bit of a leg up. But then when his junior coach, he moved on, Kyle was the one who made the choice to continue to do it. Think about how many players play over 900 games in the role of Kyle Brodzak. Like there obviously are some, but there's not many. Now he had a stretch where he's a really good third line center, right? Had 20 goal seasons in Minnesota. Salt, but for lots of years, he was a fourth line center for many different coaches who could kill penalties, reliable in the faceoff dot and was reliable defensively. The coach knew what you were going to get. And the guy had a fantastic NHL career over 900 games, but he made the choice to adapt. It wasn't easy. Right now, and as Kyle's told us, one of the best things happened to him, he got traded out of Edmonton. Because, you know what, there's a little bit too many distractions as a young guy here. And he admitted it, I love his honesty. It's like the best thing that happened to him and his wife. Plus, you know what, they kind of, they had to grow up together now, away from everybody. It helped them, off the ice and on the ice. Now they're both thriving, it's awesome. So, but you have to make that choice. And the Edmonton Oilers need to make the choice. You want to blame the coach, fine. And, hey, if they keep losing, the coach is going to pay the price. That's just the truth of the situation. But when the new coach comes in, look what happened. Dave Tippett. Everyone, oh, yeah, they reacted well. They did. But now it's 120 games. of It's actually 132 of Jay Woodcroft. And guess what's happening? The same problems are emerging again. So all that happened was you kind of masked the issue. It's like some prescription drugs, man. You take the drug to alleviate the pain, but it doesn't fix the problem. The orders need to go deep and fix the problem. Hey, guys, was there a year when the Lightning were Stanley Cup favorites and absolutely blew the season? The GM held steady, didn't panic, and then came the next year to win the Cup? I can't recall exactly, but I know you can for McKenna. Well, Darren, good question. 2015, Tampa Bay goes to the Stanley Cup final and loses. 2016, make the playoffs. I think they were 99-point team, so solid team, right? Lost in the second round. Then in 2017, they missed the playoffs. Not by a lot, but they missed the playoffs. They didn't have a massive overhaul, but they made some changes. Then they came back 2018. Decent year, right? Make the playoffs, went around. 2019, they crush it. 132 points and get swept in the first round. 
and that then they were like, you know what? We're missing a little juice. We're just a little jam. So they went out and they adjusted some of their bottom end players. Right? But their top guys also learned from that painful loss. And they got better. But think about it. They went to the cup final in 15. They didn't win until five years later. Just because the orders went to the conference final two years ago doesn't guarantee they get a trip to the Stanley Cup. It's not how it works in the NHL. Every year is a new year. And if you don't have the commitment, it's going to be hard to win. And that's what the orders are finding out right now. And like I said, to me, I have no problem if eventually they relieve the coach of his duties. I just believe that if you don't fix the real problem, and 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 please, I know we're getting a lot of texts, well, Gregor, it's their power play. Their power play's not going, they lose. Was their power play going last year, yes or no? Doug, was it going last year? Did it go well in the playoffs? What was their power play percentage in the playoffs? 30? So their power play went fine, Doug. Do you know what didn't go fine? Goals against. You know what category they've been outside of 2017? Mainly outside of the top 15? Goals against, specifically five on five. That's the root of their problem. And get you can go out and you can find another defense. But, oh, Matias Ekholm. Remember that? Oh, Matias Ekholm calms everyone down. I was like, pump the brakes. No, he doesn't. The team played well for a stretch. Awesome. But at the end, Matias Ekholm's presence on the bench isn't suddenly going to make every other guy want. Look at Matias Ekholm. He said all the right things at the start of the year. He said exactly what the orders needed to do. They need to get more comfortable. Winning lower scoring games. They have to know that they don't have to make a play to try to win the game. All the time. Because that's what's happened, especially this week. Trying to win the game rather than just hold until you get a good opportunity. So, honestly, guys, I don't know. They've yet to show, but that's the great thing about life. I can tell you in my own personal experience, I was kind of a train wreck in my early 20s. Right? It took me getting in a car accident that was my fault to wake up. I woke up hanging outside the passenger window of my Dodge Daytona on what is now uh, Ellerslie Road and 66th Street, back when there was no houses there. I ran a stop sign. Now, on a road I'd driven, I don't know, hundreds of times in my life, daydreaming, rode it, got T-bone on the left side. Right? Somehow, there's those massive spruce trees there. Somehow unconscious, my car went through them at full speed and didn't hit one. Could have been worse. I literally woke up in the hospital. I remember briefly hanging outside the window, looking down on some lady who lived at that farmhouse. God love her. She came out. I, I went and talked to her afterwards and thanked her. And, you know, I had blood streaming down my head. Well, guess what? So I wake up in the hospital and, you know, they're doing all the tests. I thought I had a broken neck. Thankfully, I had no real damage. Just some scars. No big deal. No one was hurt, thankfully. And then I had a choice. I was spinning my tires. I, was doing, I wasn't taking life serious. My parents, I had great parents. But I had to make the choice to want to make a change. So you know what? And it wasn't like an instant choice. But it was like constantly making better decisions by myself. And the Edmonton Order players, as individuals, need to do it. You can't have some coach, come on, Darnell, come on, Evan, come on, Leon, come on, Connor. It's not how it works, okay? You're in the NHL. They can't hold your hand on the ice. When you're on the ice, the coach isn't yelling and screaming at you what to do. They say nothing. 
Because first of all, it's not going to matter. You don't have time. You're dead if you have to overthink it. So players look in the mirror and they will make the choice. If they want to be champions, and even if they want to be champions and do everything right, there's no guarantee. That's what's harsh about pro sports. That's what's harsh about it. But if they don't make the commitment, I'm telling you right now, this team is never going to truly compete for the cup until they commit defensively. Full stop. There's nothing else to talk about because that's their weakness. It's been their weakness for every year for the last seven except 2017. It was the only year they were top 10 in goals against 5-5. Five five. They're good defensively. Every other year, it's been a struggle. So figure it out if you want to or not. It's their choice. Quick break. Let's get to the con man and sports 1440 update brought to you by BIE Engineering. Specializing in all your residential, commercial, and industrial structural engineering needs. Go to BIEENG.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 